My name is Jason G. Saris. I'm a product facilitator for a large industrial supplies company and a part-time actor in Cleveland, Ohio. I wanted to share a story with you about someone who has had a tremendous influence on me. And while I know it's not uncommon for people to look towards members of their family as a role model, this person's story is just such an inspiration. The individual was my grandfather, and his name was John Saris. John was born on a small Grecian island not far off the coast of Turkey. Now, there are places in Greece that are still pretty remote and isolated from most of the world, even to this day. John's village was no exception. But this was even more so the case considering the time in which John was born. Life there was quaint and, in a lot of ways, simple. He grew up on a small farm and only attended school to the sixth grade. His first profession was as a shepherd, where he would have to periodically take his family's sheep to the mountains to graze for days at a time, even as a young boy. As John rounded out his teenage years, he knew that he wanted something bigger from life, and he told his parents he was going to get a job on a merchant ship so he could see more of the world. He specifically chose the one that he picked because he knew it would eventually make its way to America. When the merchant ship eventually reached Philadelphia, John wanted to get off and start a new life in this new, wondrous land he had heard about. But he was told that the port was not for people. Now, the way that I heard the story was that nobody told John, who was just a young man at the time with a limited education, that there was a process for something like this. And even the captain of his ship only explained that the port for people was somewhere else, and this one was just a port for goods. John was told that he would either need to come back with them on the ship, or swim to a different part of the shore. Well, after coming this far, he decided he was going to swim. One of his fellow crew members gave him a couple of nickels or dimes or whatever it was that payphones used at the time, and a phone number for a friend that he had living in the country already. John memorized the number, and with nothing but a few coins in his pocket and the clothes on his back, he swam to shore. He called the number that was given to him by his friend, and he was told to wait there. All of this was unexpected, so the man on the other end of the phone said he'd have someone come get John but it might be a few hours, or it might be a few days. John waited. Eventually, someone did pick him up and drove him all the way from Philadelphia to Cleveland, Ohio. They helped him to arrange further travel to Dubuque, Iowa, where there was a sizable Greek community and a job waiting for him in a restaurant. John was a hard worker, and since he didn't know anyone there anyway, all he wanted to do was work. He eventually picked up a second job in the evenings working at another restaurant. It was there that he met the girl that would eventually become his wife. She was not only also Greek, but happened to be born on the same tiny Grecian island as him, although they had never met. Eventually, when the owner of that restaurant was ready to retire, he sold his business to John. It was the first piece of his empire. Fast forward a number of years later, John is now married with children and sees that his best opportunity for long-term success was not in Iowa, but back in Cleveland. It's here that John opens his very first restaurant under the best gyros name. Now, it's not uncommon to find restaurants serving gyros, but in the 60s, it was unheard of. John saw this opportunity in the marketplace and capitalized on it. He opens a second location, and then another. Eventually, he has 14 stores throughout Ohio and Pennsylvania, and he's branched out to include a tap house and an ice cream parlor. 
This man, who began as a shepherd with a middle school education on a remote island, was now living comfortably in suburban Ohio with a large family. Now, it would be easy for me to make this story just about work ethic and the American dream, as clearly both are abundantly apparent. John's determination to overcome obstacles or limitations for the sake of success is undeniable. Many of us face hardships every day, at least I know I do. Yet, I can't even begin to compare them to leaving everything I have to start a business selling a product nobody knows in another country that speaks a language completely foreign to me. That alone should inspire you to believe that if you can see it, and you can put the effort into it, you can do it. But the most inspiring part is that John never did any of this by stepping on others. In fact, he gave back along the way. He donated money to his church and to the community. He gave people jobs when they were down on their luck, even when he didn't need the help. Every year for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, John would open his doors and give free breakfasts and lunches to the poor and needy. His restaurants were never flashy, so it was never about publicity. It was just the kind thing to do. John is deceased now. He passed away in 2010. I feel fortunate to have learned a lot of lessons from him growing up. As a child, he'd give me quick catchphrases that I would only come to learn about what they meant years later. There was, Tricks! All tricks! Which was later explained to be about the importance of looking at details of an agreement. Then there was, You are the boss of you. Which I later found referred to personal accountability for your own work. He had a lot of these, and he'd share them with me between stories he would tell during games of backgammon. The most important one was the one he never had to say because he showed it through demonstration. To care about others, and to be a good human. Rest in peace, Papu.